Well, 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 we've made it another year around the sun. I know, it's hard to believe because thanks to the magic of a good skincare regime and a few injectables, I don't look a minute older. But I am thrilled to be back to bring you more festive cheer. This year, I've rounded up some more Christmas-obsessed pals to chat all things festive. It's light, it's fun, and it's so spectacularly camp. I am Brian Dowling, and this is Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats. Welcome back. We are only one week away from the man in red's arrival. But to keep us going until then, we've a chat with the equally magical James Kavner. Welcome to another episode of Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats. And today joining me is the one, the only, Mr. James Kavner. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I never tire of saying Merry Christmas. I'm going to ask you this, James Kavner. When do you think it's appropriate to greet someone with Merry Christmas? I literally think the second after Halloween ends, like Mariah Carey vibes. Like you're my Mariah Carey, to be honest. So thank you for being my Mariah. You've, You've literally brought Christmas. Well, Mariah and I are the same age, so you're so welcome. Yes, just as glamorous as well. She does not age. Like, and now she has this thing where after Halloween, this is her thing now, when the clock strikes midnight on the 31st, Mariah goes into promo. She does not age. I love it so much. Do you know why I think she doesn't age? It's because she loves Christmas. I, like, I love it so much, and I don't, get people who don't like Christmas and I don't get people who don't want Christmas to start earlier every year and um, because like what does Christmas mean it's just like being cozy eating nice things and getting presents I don't understand Christmas hate and people who don't want Christmas to to start as soon as Halloween ends I don't get it okay you and I are going to be shady bitches right now and let's shade every <laughs> fucker out there who does not enjoy Christmas yes. I agree I do polls I love a poll on my Instagram And I always say, I'm obsessed with Christmas, but I think that's because I was brought up by my family, my mom, my dad, and all my sisters, and we were reared to love Christmas. Was Christmas a big thing in your house? It was. I was the exact same. And again, it didn't just begin uh, in December. It began kind of halfway through November. Now, as I get older and I realize I can make my own decisions, I start bringing that back a little bit more each year. I was brought up on it. We had like we had loads of little traditions every year. Like the main tradition was, um, do you know that movie What Dreams May Come? Oh no, yes. not What Dreams May Come. Ugh, what the hell is it? It's 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 one of the black and white movies. It's it's he imagines he's dead and then he comes back. Um, oh yes, it's Kerry Katona's favorite one. Um, um, a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful, yeah, life. wonderful life. Yes, yes. Um, so that was always played every Christmas and, um, you know, we always like made toast over the fire at Christmas. So there was just, my, my parents put a lot of effort into making it a big thing. So yeah, it was always a gorgeous, gorgeous moment in our house. Well, today is also a sad day here in Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats headquarters because today is the very last episode of season two, James. Oh, oh no. no. But I think it more. could be the campest episode yet agreed agreed i mean we start with pip o'connor we finish with you i think that's balance (laughs) you have royalty this season though i have to say i'm very honored to be included in that lineup listen i'm just so lucky i can reach out with a text and go i still sometimes you know people that i've worked with the people that i know i still say to arthur i can't believe i've got kerry katona's number look (laughs) you know or or eamon holmes and i'm like well, I just messaged hi just to see how he is. I love Kerry Katona. I met her on the Podge and Rod show. She came over to film for that and I was also on it. She is a hoose. Love her so much. Well, like, I feel like the episode I recorded with Kerry for this podcast could be Kerry Katona, This Is Your Life mixed, <laughs> in, mixed in with Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats because she is a talker. And I think why, why people like her so much It's because she's such an open book and there's no shame in anything she's done. She's just so vulnerable. I really respect when people are honest because you know where you stand with them. 
Yeah, absolutely. She was uh, she was outside uh, RT with us and she was holding court with about about 30 people telling them like gossip from her girl band days. And I just loved it. Like there was no filter. She just literally said what she was saying. She's just brilliant. I remember being obsessed with Atomic Kitten and Hole Again. And then mm-hmm. after I won Big Brother in 2001, I got invited to go on tour with Atomic Kitten and to sing at events with them. And I had Shut to share... Up. I swear to God, I is there footage of this? It. There is. There may be footage, and there's definitely pictures because I reposted one recently on my Instagram. And <laughs> Kerry had left the band, and I had to share the talking part with Jenny. No, <laughs> with Jenny Frost. Yes, I know it's been too long, and I just don't know where you've been. <laughs> and I, I, when I tell you, I'm getting like my nipples just got hard telling you that story. That's a good sign. <laughs> Go I, <to> sign. <laughs> I was literally like, <laughs> I was like. I've made it. <laughs> Sorry, you did. That was peak. <laughs> Is that not peak? Here, listen, if, any, if anyone's listening out there who can like search, the, please dig up that footage. I need to see that. That and is like talking. You know the talking part. I know it's been too long. Yes! I know. <laughs> it's the best bit. I love talking bits in, in songs, like the All Saints talking bit as well. They're the best. Michelle Heaton used to always laugh to me. She's like, I'm off to talk on another record. Because Michelle <laughs> would always do lots of talking. You want to be sexy? You get sexy with me? Oh, you know, that was, yeah, that's peak, peak, peak. Okay, so oh. are you ready for your Christmas questions, James Kavanagh? Is this the big Kerry Katona podcast? Because I think we should just continue on with Kerry Katona. <laughs> Let's just talk about <laughs> Kerry Katona for the next hour. Okay, so tell me, first of all, we like to get the serious question out first. Yes. And my tone is changing here. James Kavanagh, please do tell us, how has 2021 been for you? 2021 has been like I always kind of feel guilty saying this considering everything that's happened but I've had a good year and you know I I feel like you know uh, grateful that I've been able to work all the way through the year and I know loads of people you know haven't or had to you know lost jobs or switch jobs or whatever but I've worked throughout the whole year and it's been absolutely bizarre as someone who's obsessed with clubbing and going out the whole time that's obviously been really weird not to be able to do um but no I've had a I've had a like a fun enough year how's your year been a bit like you I mean if we go back to 2020 first of all because I've lived away so much in the UK and then living in America 2020 for me even though there was so much devastation in the world it was quite nice for me to strip back be living back in my family home in Rathangan with my husband and we were doing nothing and I quite enjoyed that but again it's like what you're saying there's an element of guilt attached isn't there yeah there there is because I was still able to work thankfully a busy year in 2020 and again this year I'm touching the table here as we speak you know I'm very very grateful but do you think it's an Irish thing to have guilt to be guilty Absolutely. Like even me, like trying to say I had a nice year. I'm like, fuck, I need to I need to preface that by saying it's it's not all good. It's like when, you know, someone asks your outfit or says you're nice, you immediately say, oh, it's pennies. Or like you try and you try and like make fun of yourself before saying a good thing. Um, But yeah, like I am. I love being out there and I love going out and blah, blah, blah. But I I love my own company more than anyone else's, to be honest. And I didn't find the lockdown side of everything that difficult. I am a bit of a loner and I am happiest when I'm at home with my cat um, watching uh, reruns of some show of Sex in the City or whatever. Like I was I- just thinking Sex in the City. Oh, my God, you are yeah. reading my mind. Yeah, I watched that three times, I think, during lockdown <laughs> over and over. And it now everyone else is like, oh, succession, new shows, break off. I'm like, I'm on season two of Sex and the City and I'm delighted. <laughs> you were me except 30 years younger. <laughs> You're not 60. <laughs> I'm 62. I'm the same age as Alan Hughes. So, <laughs> also, I, what I noticed about COVID and relationships and anyone in a relationship, a long-term relationship, and this isn't shading anyone that's in a new relationship or anyone that's single. I'm talking to people who are in relationships. Anyone that got through COVID, that is in a long-term relationship, that lives with their partner and have survived it, we need medals. Because yeah, yeah. 
Arthur and I would have spent a lot of time traveling just in the jobs that we do when we lived in the UK, where we lived in America. And we got through COVID unscathed relationship-wise. How was it for you and William? Now, sometimes Arthur really wound me up and I was like, okay, just leave the room for 20 minutes or I'm going to suffocate you, you know? <laughs> but we actually got through it and I think that proves, okay, yes, we're in the right relationship. How was it for you in a relationship, you know, being so confined with COVID and not being able to go out and let off steam? Do you know what? We have a, we have a food business together called Curabini and we have a, we wrote a cookbook a couple of years ago and we do a lot of online stuff with our cooking and food. So I've been kind of like working with William for the past couple of years, which was almost like a baptism of fire because like, you know, when you're, you know, in a relationship and you have, um, you know, you have two separate jobs, two separate lives. So when you come back, in the house in the evening you can bitch about your colleagues or bitch about like I couldn't bitch about William to William so we we kind of already were used to each other's company a lot by the time lockdown came around and I think the key to any sort of successful relationship is to be able to get over a fight quickly yes. so if me and William have a fight uh genuinely it could be as small as not packing the dishwasher correctly which William doesn't do ever okay, okay, um, okay. the spinny thing never you know the, the other thing that shoots out the water he yeah. would, would sometimes put a wooden spoon up so the thing Ugh. passes it William like so it's it's anything as small as that you know to a massive thing now we have a fight and Five minutes later, I'm like, William, do you want a cup of tea? Blah, blah, blah. We're over it. And I think that's what's key um, to any good relationship. We argue a lot, but it's, I think it's healthy. We, we don't bottle anything up. We just say it immediately and it's, it's almost like flushing fresh water the whole time. How did you guys meet? Grinder. <laughs> a grinder success story. A gr we found love in a hopeless place. You and literally yeah, we, did. We met on Grindr uh, nine years ago. We're together 10 years next year, which is just bananas. It's so funny. When you say Grindr, okay, I think two, three years. When you say nine years, I think Gaydar. Right? I know. It's, it's not. Grindr's that old. Yes, it is. And yeah, Gaydar was the original grinder. I can still hear the noise in my brain. You know, when you get a message? Oh my God. Some of my friends, we, we do be out sometimes and say we see a guy and a girl sitting together and his phone goes, and <laughs> me and my friends are like, oh. <laughs> only a certain person recognizes that sound and we're looking going, oh, he is not, is he? <laughs> It's like, put your phone on silent. I know. I remember being on the tube years ago and it was kind of a quiet, nighttimey one. And so some guy's phone made the grinder noise. And you know, like whack-a-mole, all the heads come up. There was like three gays in the carriage. Everyone's head just come up. <laughs> so you've said what Christmas was like growing up, but have you always loved Christmas? Yes, absolutely. And... I've the love gets stronger every year to be honest which is great I love loving Christmas and I think now that I have well I'm in a rented house but like the you know one thing that I didn't like with my parents which I've told them they never got a real tree it was always a plastic tree and I hated that so now I live in an old Georgian house and the ceilings are quite high so I get a six to seven foot real motherfucker of a tree and you're a size in. queen you're a size uh, queen when it comes to christmas trees so big, am i i get it yeah big girthy size queen and the tree is like it has a, it's about a five foot span um and it's like i was obsessed with home alone growing up and i wanted that ott like attack of the senses christmas like like you know in home alone the way there's like a million different aunties there i love that rammed house everyone in stupid christmas jumpers i love that vibe so my my parents were were conservative with the christmas decorations but not so with everything else but the christmas decorations they had a, they had a tree that they put up in the attic every year and i i really didn't like that it was plastic so now i get the big real tree and i love the smell of it Oh, the smell. But you know what's really annoying is the needles falling oh, constantly. So, so annoying. And then at the last day, when it's a bit crispy, um, you're dragging it out and it's just a carpet of needles. But I think it's worth it. What I find so sad and what triggers me is seeing all the old Christmas trees that have been used 
and they're just thrown outside everyone's houses. And there's an, sometimes there's an area that you can actually go and put your Christmas tree on the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th of January. Mm. And when I see that, James, it actually makes me sad. It re- it's so sad, isn't it? And it goes on to like, I've seen trees on the side of the road in February. Like it, it, you're reminded, it's like an ex. You're reminded of like your, your ex Christmas for like so long. But almost the ex that you still love and want to be with and it pains you. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, it's just devastating to see it. But, you know, they say they say love is the true price of grief. So... Oh. Well, then what can we do? I mean, we need to turn this podcast around. It's getting really sad real quick. <laughs> Talk to me about presents at Christmas. And do you feel there's pressure? I do feel there's a lot of pressure on parents, especially at Christmas, especially when it comes to Father Christmas. But do you think there's pressure on the rest of us that don't have children when it comes to gifting people at Christmas? I think there is an air of pressure and this may come as a surprise or be a bit ironic, but I'm actually not really about gifts when it comes to Christmas. Lies. Yeah, I'm not. I I, I gift myself all year round. (laughs) (laughs) I love me. 12 months of the year. I, I like why would you you know people are like treat yourself I treat myself every day <laughs> so I, I, I've never really cared to be honest about gifts um, and my family are kind of the same for me Christmas is about eating being cozy watching love actually 155 times and selection boxes and the feeling of Christmas and being in town and seeing the decorations and being kind of wrapped up that's Christmas the gift thing I could take it or leave it to be honest um so yeah I think there is a, a there is a huge pressure on on people to give gifts but in my family we do Chris Kindle and I think that's way better because you get one banging present rather than uh you know five uh pairs of socks or you can say five five shitty presents you can say that yeah five shitty presents hope my family are listening um (laughs) (laughs) do you know i'd rather one stunning present than a few not great ones what about you i I agree with you the chris kindle thing because i'm one of seven me and the six girls so we would always i would always buy presents for everyone every year and then one year one of my sisters suggested it we were like you Scrooge, you little bitch. Oh my God, no, no, no. And then we all walked away independently, came back and we have a group chat and we were like, actually, this makes total sense. And with a limit of say 100, 150 euro on that yeah. one, as you said, I'm going to steal your word, banging present. And I know it's going to be something worthwhile and something that I probably, like say some skincare or a nice Tom Ford aftershave, as opposed to six, seven mediocre presents. Let's not say shitty, mediocre presents. And it's easier for you because you're not stressing. Oh my God, it's so much easier. I don't know why everyone doesn't do Chris Kindle because you just end up with a load of gift sets that you give to the charity shop in January or whatever. Like buy me a nice 90 to 100 euro Joe Malone triple with candle and I'm yours. Do you know what I mean? I just want oh, you have expensive taste. Yeah, just one gorgeous present. Oh, I love it. What was, when you were growing up as a child and Father Christmas, like how excited were you Christmas morning like did you take it so seriously were you fearful of seeing Father Christmas do you know what I remember having a a real not love-hate relationship with Santa but I was almost terrified of him that this man would come into your house and leave presents and I I I didn't want to see him because I thought I'd turn to stone and (laughs) I, I think I was told loads of you know stories to kind of get me away and up to bed and so I I was I I remember you know having to leave I found the whole thing slightly confusing that you had to leave food for its reindeer and all this kind of thing. But it was kind of exciting as well. It was because you're all in the same boat. And I remember like I lived on a little road and I'd look out my window and across the road, my best friend growing up, Glenn, was there. And we'd wave at each other like on Christmas Eve, like so buzzing that this man is going to invade your house and leave some presents for you. But it was thrilling. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. When you say the word man invade your house, you're making me feel nervous. (laughs) He invaded our home and then spoiled us with lavish gifts. The most gorgeous burglar ever. (laughs) And that red satin suit, stunning, cinched at the waist. (laughs) Were you ever disappointed any Christmas by Father Christmas? Did he ever fuck you over? Do you know what? No, he didn't. Ah, He was great. I was, um, I, 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 generally generally got what I wanted now I remember one one year 
my parents like decided to prank me and, and just left out like one or two presents and then had the rest hidden in the kitchen afterwards. So that was, I felt it. And it was my first foray into acting or like pretending I'm feeling some way when I'm not. I was like, this is fine. Yeah, I love these presents. Thank you. Like giving the best IFTA performance of my life age 10. And then they had the presents in the kitchen for me. But how how convincing was the acting there? Was it like a Madonna role or was it like a Gwyneth Paltrow role? Like on a scale of Madonna to Gwyneth, what was the acting like? I think it was Madonna in Die Another Day acting. So <laughs> not great. I wonder why your parents thought that would be funny on Christmas morning. Horrendous, like horrendous. You're saying a lot about two people I don't even know, but now I'm intrigued. <laughs> um yeah it was it was it was quite mean on me but I think if I have kids I'm gonna be very pranky with them as well maybe not maybe on their birthday but imagine if you turned into a little terror dragging down the Christmas tree <laughs> what is going on they were playing with fire I wasn't the easiest child you know get as as another gay we're not the easiest kids how Dare you said the word allegedly before you accuse me of being gay. <laughs> allegedly, strike that from the record, redacted. Yes, deleted, deleted. Now, James, this is a very poignant question. Mm. What does Christmas mean to you? Well, Christmas means to me. I wish like little um, choir of like angelic singers were behind me at this stage. Notes for production. Notes Thank for production. You. We need choir boys and girls in here immediately. At least 12, please. 20. Start them singing softly and then up to about a medium. Um, Christmas to me, do you know, I think I think I'm just rehashing what I said in the in the other question, but it really it, it doesn't. It's not about gifting to me. It's about spending time with your family. I'm not. I, I don't actually get to see my family that often. My brother's always traveling. My sister has kids and blah, blah, blah. So Christmas is the one time where we really all get together and spend not just the half an hour on a Sunday together, which is the usual kind of, you know, stuff throughout the year. It's we all get together. Last year, we had the most gorgeous Christmas. We rented a um, an old um, coach house down in Cork and uh, it, it was it was it was a real old old like turn of the century house, big fires in every room, and we spent three days three days down there. Went for big like walks in the countryside every morning, and so I think Christmas to me is just spending loads of time with your family and friends. I also have a friend Christmas every year where a load of my friends come over and I cook them Christmas dinner, which is always stunning. So it's really just about spending time. But I know this sounds so cliched, but it is. Just just about spending time with with people you love and eating like truckloads of food and watching Christmas movies. That to me, I'm getting so excited even just saying all of this. Talk about your friend Christmas. I've not heard this before. When do you celebrate your friend Christmas? What date over Christmas do you do this? And is it the same as Christmas Day? Yeah, no. So it's it, it, it's always in December, but it, it varies with the days just in terms of when everyone's free. But it's around like the first week in December. I'd have around uh, and William does as well. We have around 15 maybe people over um, and we cook a full Christmas dinner, turkey, ham, sausage stuffing, uh, do a, a tiramisu. I hate Oh yeah, I don't know if this is, we'll get into other, in the other questions, but I despise Christmas desserts, hate raisins. Um, so I do my own kind of desserts um, and all the sides, the carrots with honey, parsnips, Brussels sprouts, love a Brussels sprout. I don't understand Brussels sprouts haters. Um, so all the sides, and then we all come over, we do the big Chris Kindle thing, all 15 of us. Um, and it's a really nice way to, have uh, your own Christmas before you go to the madness of your family Christmas. You can kind of have the Christmas you want with yes. your friends. Yes. Yeah, because we all like our friends. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, they're our chosen family. That seems a lot of pressure on you and William because that this is a production. This is a show, James. Oh, it's a show. And I put on a show. One year, I actually hired three uh, choir singers 
who were on my steps. Uh, I've a Georgian house with kind of steps up to it. They were on the steps with lanterns as my guests arrived. And I had little, you know, scrawled notes, uh, place names. Um, I had, you know, the mistletoe. I had all the decorations up. I had I, I had eggnog in one in the sitting room. Everyone came in. I served them eggnog. There was Christmas tunes played. I dismissed the choir people. Then they went home. Then everyone came into the in the sitting room. But you say it's a lot of work and it's a production. I fucking love it. It's it, I, like I look forward to it. I really enjoy doing it. I kind of enjoy the pressure that comes with it. Um, so it's it's a pleasure. It sounds really low key. It's so low key. It's just a few things. This old thing. I'm hoping when the choir people were singing on the steps, they were dressed like people from the Ebenezer Scrooge day. You know, the bonnets and the long dresses. I had little, they had their own clothes, but I got little capes, you know, the little red capes with the white trim. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. When I had our place in London, they would bring... Are choir people, is that the correct term you would, am I you saying the That's correct Politically term? correct. Thank you. I want to be PC. It's 2020 <laughs> fucking one. So they would, but they would have, you know, the long lanterns on the sticks and they, oh. would, they would dress like they were in Ebenezer Scrooge. That kind of, the women with the hats, the men with the tall hats, and they would put fake snow on the street where I used to live and they would go door to door singing with the all written on the big sheets of white paper. Oh, but you know that's... what? At some point when I was hung over and quite young, I'd be like, oh, go away, go away. So the older I got, I would be, and they'd be drinking mulled wine in my oh, element. That's heaven to me. I would love that. Right. I need to up my game with the choir people. I need, I need the Ebenezer Scrooge. We need crowd. costumes, James. And for someone like you who likes Halloween and can do a look, I'm a yeah. bit disappointed. I know, for God's sake, right? I'm up at it this year. I want the those you you got me. My my nipples went hard there with the um the the, la- the lantern on the stick. Oh, the visual of that. And you know funny. the women in the full skirts and the little oh, capes. Yes. And even get them to speak like they're from those times and talk like this. Oh, one hundred percent. And the scrolls, the long yes. scrolls. Yes. God, you made my you made my thing sound like horrendous. Yes, yours was like two stars. What I'm giving you was ten. <laughs> Favorite Christmas song. Favorite Christmas song. Like I'm gonna be, I don't know. Maybe everyone said it, but it's absolutely Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas." That that when I hear that jingle intro, it makes again to borrow your phrase, my nipples are like icicles when that comes on <laughs> it's just stunning and i love that way i kind of from now any any club you go to or whatever it's like our it's like the national anthem like it's it, it's played at the end of every night out and it's just you can't get enough of it i was actually i was actually i remember one year i think it was electric picnic or body and soul and um in one of the massive big tents and for the closing song they played all i want for christmas is you and everyone went berserk and this is in august so it's just it's everyone in shorts and bras and everyone's screaming along to all i want for christmas is you it's just one of those songs it it bewitches the listener do you think when mariah recorded (laughs) that back in the 90s do you think she was aware of the gravitas of what she was doing? That song, that video. Do you think she knew how iconic it would be? To be honest, given how she is, I think she did. I think when she flicks her hair, she's aware of the gravitas of what she's doing. Like every little thing she does and every little thing she says, especially I was actually weirdly only watching um. Remember she was on American Idol or the yes. X Factor? No, American yeah. Idol with Nicki Minaj. With Nicki Minaj. I was only watching clips of that yesterday because I, I forgot they were on the... I don't know how I came across it, but I was watching them rowing with each other. It's oh, it was Iconic. Good. Iconic. Um, but yeah, I feel like everything everything she does, she knows it's going to be a moment. Um, now, if, if, if it... I don't know if she knew it would turn into such a moment. And do you do you find I do that it's getting more and more popular? Bigger. It's getting bigger. Isn't it really weird? Bigger. Each year it gets bigger. It's madness. I don't know any other 
cultural thing because it's not just a song it's a cultural thing that has done that it's a movement james it's fully a movement i've never seen anything like it especially in the past maybe i've just become aware of it but in the past like three or four years and she does the whole as you said after halloween she smashes up the pumpkins and it's, it's her time, time. And, you know and she comes out of refrigeration and it's you know she's thawing out she's getting ready but it's just bigger and bigger every year and I'm obsessed with it. And this song has led to her doing specials with Apple TV. Yeah, I th- her, do you think that Ariana and Jennifer Hudson, I think? Yes, and I think was Miley Cyrus involved in that? Yeah, she was. How much money do you reckon she makes from that song? Oh, listen, I'm going to say each year, five to ten million. It, it has to, uh, no? Yeah, yeah, I like she definitely does have the rights, but can you imagine if she didn't? Like, you'd be fucking raging. She'd be saying, It's not time, it's yeah. never time. They never owe me time money. for that song. Can you imagine? She imagine she on Halloween, she comes out and she's like, Nah, it's over, that's it, no more. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she would, she's that petty. Well, if she was your parent, she would. It'd be a prank, fully 100%. <laughs> I'm surprised, I'm so surprised. That wasn't when to become one as your favorite song because you're such a Spice Girls fan. I know. It's funny, isn't it? The way that's such a Christmas song, even though it's not. But like, it's the same with that. Uh, e- is it E17? E17. That, what's that song? E17. Amelia's in here. E17. What song do they sing? The E17 Christmas it's song. A- Say another day. Say another day. Say now. Say now. Uh, that's not a Christmas song either, but it's But no. wait till I tell you. In my opinion, a Christmas number one that I think's quite an un-Christmassy number one. And for season one, we had Kimberly Walsh. And this season, we had Nadine. Girls Aloud with Sound of the Underground. That was a Christmas number one. No way. Yes. If that's, I just find it mad how songs can do that just take on the feeling of Christmas and just be because everyone thinks that stay now stay now I had a, an argument with someone the other day about that and they're like no it's a, there's Christmas mentioned in the lyrics I'm like I, you'll find there isn't but I think it's in the video maybe they have like they're on sleighs or something like that and actually you've got me thinking here this could be my age S Club 7 didn't they have a song where it was snowing but it wasn't a Christmas song. Christmas was never mentioned. And was it a, was it a ballad? A ballad. I can't. And it was snowing. I can't think. Oh, we have to get our gay heads together and think. Is produ- get production on Google. Production. I never had a dream come Oh my God, yes! Until the day that I found you. Even though, yes, and it's snowing. Does not mention a Christmas mentioned. I think you will find. I'm quoting James Kavanagh there. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, that was a song at Christmas. Christmas wasn't mentioned. There needs to be a Christmas, a non-Christmas song, Christmas album. Okay, there has to be. Or yes, and I quite like the way you're like, get production on it. I now need production living with me (laughs) 24-7. Google, Google. Because Google, Amelia was there. Uh, D17, that's what it's called. S Club 7, I remember. Getting back to Mariah Carey, I had the privilege of spending time with our queen, Mariah Carey, along with my fabulous friend, Tess Daly, and we interviewed Mariah, and it was a very memorable experience. Now, describe, go deeper into the word memorable. What does that mean? Okay. (laughs) It was... That sounds loaded. It wasn't what I was expecting. (laughs) <laughs> you sound so politician vibes right now. <laughs> I tell you why. Oh, no. <laughs> because I love the song and I think she's great. But I'm presuming she traveled from America. I'm presuming she was like, she was doing the song with Westlife. Yeah. And it was that ballad. And we were interviewing her and it was almost like she didn't remember Westlife or maybe the song or doing it. And we'd ask her questions. And this is a live television show. And we're going, 10, you're back for the break. And I'm like, we do not have, you know, when you hold the earpiece, like you're on the news. And I'm like, guys, we don't have Mariah Carey. Five, four, no. there's no Mariah Carey. And then it goes into the sting. And she just appeared with two security guards. She sat there on the set. And it was just, there was a bit of a disconnection. But I mean, I was 23. I didn't care. I got to talk to Mariah Carey. Yeah, Mrs. Christmas. (laughs) Mrs. But even back then, she wasn't Mrs. Christmas. 
Yeah, it's yeah, that's that's it's what you've it, said. It's grown and grown and grown. Yeah, and I I I only like I think there's we're gonna see statues being unveiled of Mariah Carey in cities <laughs> all over the world, like in the coming years. It's just the power is it's getting too powerful. She's too powerful. She needs to be careful. Someone needs yeah. to rein her in. Okay, you and I need to start something with getting a statue for Mariah Carey. Let's start the movement now. On a, on a call the, street. Yes, and let's get vision boards of that. Production, we want vision boards. But what about replacing the Statue of Liberty and put Mariah Carey there instead? I think Mariah Carey is more important than the Statue of Liberty. So absolutely. Any, and I Americans, can see offended, her... any Americans offended by this, we are just joking. Uh, like, it's, you know, the, the way the Statue of Liberty holds a torch, you could hold one of those lanterns on the stick. Yes. Production, vision board. <laughs> <laughs> we need France made Statue of Liberty So France we need a new statue Allez Francais s'il vous plaît <laughs> When it comes to your favourite Christmas movie I'm going to Okay I'm going to ask you two things here Favourite Christmas movie now And then is that the same as When you were a child Or has that changed So favourite Christmas movie now And I honestly watch it about Five or six times Every year Don't I tell me Give me some clues Okay, I'd probably watch it more, only my housemates wouldn't allow it. I'd probably watch it up to 10 times. It has a song in it, which is the song we were just talking about. And, um, uh, 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 oh my God, what was she in? Spice Girls movie. Which? The Spice Girls movie. No! No, no. okay, okay. Um, Glitter! No, it was literally just the song we were talking about is in it at the very end. Love Actually. Yes, Love Actually. Okay, third, that wasn't bad. That was the third guess. Okay, that was okay. No, that was good. Um, so Love Actually is just gorgeous to me. I love it. I love it. I love how many like layers of stories are in it. Um, I love the bit at the airport where they're all kissing and meeting their friends and family again. And yeah, it just get it really gets me in the mood. That's usually now you've got me in the mood this year. You are the are the catalyst for my Christmas this I'm year. I'm your I'm your foreplay. I am your foreplay. You my nipples are so hard right You're now. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, but the the love watching love actually is usually the thing that kicks me into Christmas season, and it works every time. Now you said was that always my favorite? No, um, mainly because I, it wasn't around when I was a child, but. Um, it, and this is almost like it's gonna sound really. It's gonna sound like a really weird movie choice, but you know the way we were talking there about songs that aren't Christmassy, but that just kind of are by accident. Sound of the underground. Sound yes. of the underground. Yeah, uh, stay now. Um, Gladiator was always on at Christmas for some reason, and that was kind of my Christmas movie when I was younger. Okay, I feel like this is taking a dark. <laughs> Twist. Okay, the gladi. Okay, so okay, I, yes. It's like character. What, no, what does it mean? Is this <laughs> lifestyle choices? I think <laughs> Kerry Katona also said a movie, and that was Gone with the Wind, and that threw me, much like Gladiator, but much like what you've said in Kerry, it's on a Christmas every year. Every so year, you're remembering it that time of year. Yeah, and it's a fabulous movie. It is. It's gorgeous. And you know what's nice about it? It's about four and a, it's about six and a half hours long. It's just one of those you can plonk on the couch and you can go through about seven selection boxes and it's still on. You can you can visit your auntie in Galway, come back, it's still on. Um, so it just goes on and on forever. And yeah, it's always on RT1 or RT2 every single year without fail and has been on since I was a kid. So I just associate Christmas with it and it makes me feel Christmassy. Getting back to love, actually, okay, yes. because I had this conversation with someone, I think it was Lottie Ryan, I think it was last year, and Lottie yeah. had told me how love actually is her favorite movie, and then we discussed the fact that Kira Knightley's character, okay, and she's married. Don't tell that really pretty. Really pretty. <laughs> I love when that guy from Instagram takes off Kira Knightley. Oh, Luke Millington. Is he not sensational? He's more Kira than Kira. Like it's he needs insane. to in movies and should be credited Kira Knightley. <laughs> Do you she's think so she good. likes it? Do you think she she's part of it or not? Oh, I don't think she does. Oh, it's a shame. 
Yeah, I feel like she'd be a bit too serious to find it funny. Do you know what I mean? I think next step is both of them together bumping into each other or doing a skit together. Because I think when you're at her level, you got to be part of it. Oh, 100%. Do you know who else I absolutely adore? Benny Drama on Instagram. Do you follow Benny Drama? No, but um, Amelia's waving her hands in the air. Production! Production, get me a picture. He, he, well, please follow him. He's amazing. But he does Drew Barrymore and it's a, it's spot on. But Drew Barrymore has uh, teamed up with him for a few videos. So See, I love when that's I love when what they... Kira needs to do. Okay, let's stop the Mariah Carey statue. Let's get Kira. Let's get her together. Yes. Now, getting back to Love Actually, okay? Yes. Do you not think it's a bit weird in that movie? Because it's so loving. It's about family. It's about love, relationship. Even though Emma Thompson's character, I'm not going to ruin the plot in case, you know, no one's seen it, la la la. But the guy coming to the door, saying he's in love with her, and she's almost going, oh, this is amazing. Bitch, your husband's inside. I know. Do you know, her character reminds me of... Do you know in Devil Wears Prada? I thought you were going to say, her character reminds me of me. (laughs) (laughs) William, don't listen to the podcast. Don't listen. William, if you're listening, shut up. Turn your ears off now. Um, But it reminds me of, like, I don't like her character in it. As much as the way I don't like the character in in Devil Wears Prada, you know her boyfriend, he's a dick. Oh, yes. Yeah, I just, I get nasty vibes off her and him, I just don't like her character in it. And yeah, she is loving playing with everyone's hearts in the movie. So what do we think happened? Do we think, okay, here we go. Cause I, what I do when I like a movie and it ends, I always like to think in my mind, what would happen afterwards? Do we think she now knows this guy fancies her? He's in love with her, okay? Yeah. Say for example, the husband's away on a business trip, could happen. She's had a few drinks, sees him on a night out. He gets in her ear. Where else is he going to get James Kavanagh? I I feel, I think she would be doing the dirty 100%. Yeah. Have and I just ruined your favorite movie? Do you know what? Uh, it's No, you haven't because Thank I did you. like her to begin with. And I, I kind of, I've always thought she'd be that kind of person. So no, you've kind of just confirmed really what I was thinking. Aren't I so good at getting the truth out of people? You started off, oh, I love Love Actually. I love all the characters. And now you're like, she's a whore. (laughs) But you know what you made me think? We need a Love Actually too. Didn't they do something for children in Red Nose Day? Red Nose Day. Yeah, they did. Did it disappoint you? I I, I didn't see it. Was it good? I, I actually I can't remember it. I must look it up because yeah, I need I I'd love production. I'd love another big production. I'd love another movie though. Yes. Okay, James, tell us your best Christmas memory. So best Christmas memory was I was about twelve or thirteen, and I'd never been to America before. Like we, when my family would go on holidays, it was always just you know the usual Spains and blah blah, and I was obsessed with. Christmas, as always. And I was obsessed with Home Alone and all that kind of thing around Christmas time. And my parents, over breakfast one day, took out uh, plane tickets to New York. And I was obsessed with New York as well. And this was kind of my, this was part of my Christmas present. So they, we went over, I think around December, around, somewhere around December, all the Christmas decorations are, are up. And I remember landing in New York, never been to America before. And like, you know, your first time when you go to New York or a big city, it's just like you're in a movie. Totally. And we, we went into Manhattan and went to the Rockefeller Plaza. That was the first kind of thing. And I remember seeing, I was like, oh my God, I've seen this in every single movie. And I was just like, hi, on life for the whole trip, going to Central Park, seeing the giant Christmas trees, everything was just on steroids. It was just glorious. And do you know in um in in Home Alone he has the Talk Boy, the recording device? Yes. I had that too. Oh, so my parents wow. got me that. So I was going around feeling like Macaulay Culkin. And Macaulay, I can't never say his name. Macaulay Culkin? Culkin? What is it? Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. And we went to the plaza, which is where they went in Home Alone. And I was just, I couldn't come down. And I remember my parents got really bad jet lag. And I was like, just up in the hotel room, staring out the window. It, it just, if you like Christmas, there's nowhere like New York City at Christmas. New York is Christmas. I remember as a child having snow globes and you know, you shake them. And yeah. there was one we had that was of New York City. And I used to always think as a child, I don't know why, maybe, I don't know why I thought this. 
I'll never get to go there. It's so funny in your mind because you think it's so far away. I'm mean, like, you, you see it in the movies. Yeah. And I remember I didn't get to New York till I was, oh, I was a lot like maybe early 20s. And I felt like I was a child. I might as well have been your age, 12 or 13 going there because yeah. it is the cold weather, the snow, the lights, the noise and that steam coming from the ground. Oh, the steam. I remember seeing that for the first time. And I asked my mom, I was like, is that real? I thought like there was a movie being shot or something. And like, no, that's from the subway or whatever. But yeah, I, I did. I did think I'd never get there as well. Yeah. I had that weird feeling. And then they took out the plane tickets and it was just so surreal and so Christmassy. So that's like, it just gives me such tingly, hard nipple feelings when I think of that. And it's, it's so funny when you think about it. <laughs> New York is literally six hours away on a plane. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like another planet. Like when you think about it, it's six and a half hours max on a plane. Mykonos is nearly four. Hello, that's all I'm saying. It's not that <laughs> far away, but it's because it's America, the land of the free. And yeah. when you and do you do this when you're away and I do this? If I hear an Irish accent, okay, we lived in America or when I travel, and if I hear an Irish accent, I have to say hello. I have to be like, oh, you're Irish. And I point out and go, you're Irish. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm Irish. Have you ever was, done that or is that just me? Oh, no, all the time. I I, I was in um, Italy a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago with my friend Stefan. And we were by the pool and we were in the, it was the first post-COVID holiday. And it was just so, it's such a perfect first post-COVID holiday. The Amalfi Coast, just gorgeous. But I was just, we had, it was just Italians we heard for the whole time. And then all of a sudden we're at the pool and these Irish people to the left of us. And me and Stefan looked at each other. We looked at each other like, I don't know, a bomb had gone off or something. It was like really like, oh my God. Yes. And then I turn around and then we, we all started chatting to each other. Oh, where are you from? You? Turns out we knew each other, basically. Ah, <laughs> typical. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Now we've asked you your best Christmas memory, those tickets to NYC, you were loving life worst Christmas memory and I'm hoping it's not tragic worst Christmas memory was without a doubt when I found out Santa wasn't real I found my presents uh, locked in my in one of my mum's wardrobes and I had suspicions I remember some I remember being in primary school and some kids were saying that it wasn't real but they were kind of the bullies of the school and I was like ah you're clearly you're here on Satan's work. Yeah, you're, you're a bully. Go away. You're a bully. You're obviously working for the devil here. Like, you know, or you're a, you're a test by Santa because it was always that thing. If you, if you say you don't believe it won't come or whatever. So I remember hearing little whispers that he wasn't real. And I was like, no, surely not. And then I, I think in my doubts, I, I went looking in the house and I remember finding my big, I was a big, massive pink Barbie Jeep. And I found that in my mom's wardrobe and I was absolutely devastated. Sorry, and I remember- Sorry, I, just stop a second. Who was the pink Barbie Jeep for? Me! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, this is, okay. Do not just say that and like, just don't acknowledge that. That's almost like, we found this massive pink Barbie Jeep and end the fucking story. No, no, no. You asked Santi for a pink Barbie Jeep. Discuss. Yes. I actually did. I, I would have just breezed by that. But yeah, I guess it is a bit odd. I had Barbie Malibu's Jeep and it was the most, I think of it now, I would love it now. It was gorgeous. Um, it had like palm tree designs on the side. And I think it it played like a, a gorgeous little tune when you press the oh, beep horn. Fabulous. But yeah, I asked. I I got Barbies every year growing up. That was a weird thing in my house. You had such a fabulous, open-minded Father Christmas. We should all have one of them. Yeah, no, I remember from from my earliest memories is getting Barbies. It was always the first thing I wanted. One of my first Barbies was um the uh, sleep uh, not Sleeping Beauty, um Beauty and the Beast. Belle. It was the Bell. Bell Barbie. Barbie. Yes, and I had the big, huge, like, uh, um, uh, peach, no, lemon she wore, a big lemon lemon dress, and oh. I had the beast, and I used to make them have sex when no one was looking. Oh, and fabulous. I'm sure that's illegal in most countries in the world, but we'll yes. let it pass today. Yeah, they're, they're weird non-genitalia rubbing against each other. Oh, nice. Yeah, very hot. So, yeah, and, and then I had... Yeah. 
And um, my best Barbie was one Christmas I got Ariel. Wow. Ariel. And did okay, hang on. Did the fin turn into legs, or how did that work? Or did she get a flipper or something? Not a fin. No, because that'd make her a fucking shark. She was a mermaid. <laughs> how did how did the legs turn into like so fishy she, things? She had a little zip up, uh, very figure hugging um, f- f- tail thing. Yeah. And right. I, when you put it into the water, it would go iridescent or it would change color. I remember when it, when it got wet, yeah. so that was thrilling. And I remember being uh, in the, in my, my, I didn't have a bath, but I used to go up to my sister's house and she had a bath and I used to uh, move the aerial under the water and the hair used to go oh. like wow. in the little mermaid. It was just gorgeous. I may have to go online after this and buy one just to bathe with her. Oh yes, to put that put the Barbie un- submerged with the hair flowing around. It's oh. just it's like watching art. And let's go back to the crushing moment that when you discovered the pink Barbie Malibu Barbie car, did you just like what is life? Yeah, it was a really you know that song, "Hello Darkness, My Old Friend." friend. Yeah, that's honest. It was the end of childhood, the end of magic. And I was really, it, it was the first big blow that I had as a human. Um, and it was all downhill from there. But I, I remember feeling like I cheated on my parents as well. I just, I felt nasty. It felt wrong. It was horrible. But then, you know, I had to then be fake to my parents on Christmas morning. I was, it was just tinged with sadness. <laughs> Damn your parents Yeah But you yeah, know what James, hit it better. But you know what You will always have New York I will always have New York I heart New York Were you not so pissed off with them When they got the jet lag Were you like Can we just get up and get out We're in New York No idea That's I still bring that up to mm, them I you, thought no, you Honestly It's this thing I bring up with them all the time I say you slept throughout the whole of New York And they did I was home I was home alone in New York you're like, mom and dad, go to the pharmacy in America. You can buy anything over the counter and just buy something. Get some uppers, mom. Get some uppers. Or have a glass of wine, mummy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they were they were asleep for 90% of the of the trip. But you didn't care because you still have New York. I had New York and I I went, I just looking out the window is enough for me. You just said there that Christmas for you isn't about gifting, it's about the Love at Christmas, spending time with loved ones, eating, watching movies, being merry, gay, and jolly. But tell me, the most extravagant Christmas present you've ever received, or perhaps you've given to someone. Yes. So myself and William were not really about gifts, more so experiences. So for Christmas every year, we give each other, or we like kind of say we're going to go away somewhere or go on holiday. So uh, I think the most extravagant one we've done is Japan. We uh, a couple of years ago we were like, "Fuck it, let's go to Japan." So that was our Christmas present to kind of each other. I got the flights, he got the accommodation. That's kind of how we do it. I got us business Emirates to. Oh wow! I've never Emirates. flown Emirates. I hear it's stunning. Oh my god! It's a four. It's a five star hotel in the sky. It's yeah. un. Believable. Like, I didn't want to get off the plane. And you know, when you're on a long flight, you're like, get me off this. I didn't want to leave. Like, it was that stunning. That was like, that was even, you know, that was part of the of the experience in general. But um, that was probably the most extravagant. And we went, went to Dubai and then went, uh, you know, into the Dubai lounge and then got our connecting flight then to Japan. And uh, the, the, the flight from Dubai to Japan had the bar in the, the big fucking bar. Oh, like, uh, in, the, uh, in the sky. Yeah, it's like the side, it's like, it looks like the sidecar in the Westbury. Like yeah. it's that big. And you can sit, you literally can sit around the bar as he's shaking up your espresso martini. Uh, you know, it's just gorgeous. So when- anytime I've been on a plane and there's been a bar like that, I've been on my own. And I thought, no, I don't want to be that person. Whereas if I had been with someone, I, <laughs> I, I'd feel a bit sad and vulnerable by myself. At least yeah. you had William. Yeah, we had William. But uh, any time like one of us would be nodding off, the other one would go to the bar though. So you, could... <laughs> <laughs> so you could have met one of us, one of our types at the bar. Listen, you and I need to get on a flight to Dubai business and just get shit faced. Just for the bar experience. And then just fly home. Don't even yeah. get off the plane. We'll help them clean the plane, turn around. It's fine, we'll come back <laughs> with them. Yeah. Anytime you've been ever disappointed, 
at Christmas when it came to a gift and you're like, are you for real? You've given me this. For a gift. Oh my God. No, I think just the disappointment for me at Christmas was finding out it wasn't real. Yeah. And, and now that I say, oh, you know, Christmas isn't about the gifts. I think it probably stems back to that. Right. That, because back then I obviously really cared about gifts and it was all about, you know, blah, blah, blah. I should have really copped though, because I chose my gifts from the Argus catalogue. <laughs> so, you know, I think I was yeah. told that was Santa's catalogue or something. I don't know. Santa owns Argos. Yeah, that's that's the North Pole is Argus. That's the other name for it. But I do think the older we get, like I would have been a little bit more materialistic, I think, than you are. You know, when I was younger and I, you know, I wanted nice things. The older I've gotten, and especially with Arthur, we are less, I mean, okay, I, I, okay, that's a full lie. But no, this is a lie. We are less about that, I think. The older I get... In the last 10 years or so, I do agree that it is more about what Christmas means, which is family, hanging out with friends and creating memories with people. Yeah, absolutely. But look, I don't want to come across as some um, angel here. I'm so materialistic and I know you are too. I've seen you. I've seen your and I brought it up with you one night. I've seen you and Pippa's shopping trips to Louis Vuitton. (laughs) (laughs) Only one or two. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I remember on her story, there wasn't so many Louis Vuitton shopping bags. And then she she shared something of yours and you were literally swamped with the Louis Vuitton shopping bags. Some of them were hers. <laughs> <laughs> she was just trying to be coy. Of course um, she was. <laughs> but I, so, yeah, I do. I treat myself all the time and I'm very, I, I'm not, I'm not very selfish. Like I will, I love buying friends presents. If I see something if I'm on holiday or if I'm just going around town and it reminds me of a friend, I'll buy it for them and I'll give it to them on a random Tuesday in March. So it's, I, I'm gifty all the time. So it's just, it, it's, I've disassociated it when it comes to Christmas and yeah, it is just about, um, about the experience and, and spending time with friends and family. What I'm getting from this, your way of thinking is you don't have to be nice and you don't have to tell people you love them and think about them just at Christmas. You can do it any of the other 51 weeks of the year. Exactly. And I do do it. I do it all the time. And I'm, I'm lucky in that my I've a friend group of friends that are the exact same um, and, and family as well. So that kind of that bit just exists all year round. And James, your last question on Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats is, and it's a poignant question, mm. hopes slash plans slash wishes for 2022 we all need a good 2022 we do we absolutely do um so i i used to be mad about um new year's resolutions and that kind of thing but then i i kind of have gotten to the point in my life where i'm like you can kind of reset at any time and maybe that comes from a point that i never keep up with my resolutions that i'm like no it's fine i'm just gonna restart in march but i think we the amount of pressure we put on ourselves to kind of have loads of resolutions and stuff and then when you break them you feel terrible so you can kind of reset at any point but what i would like to actually do next year is get serious about like um the gym and working out and like self-care and that kind of thing I think I'm at the point I'm at the point in my life where I'm done getting wrecked every weekend I would like to have a bit of I am a temple kind of vibes in my life what age are you James I'm 32 you are too young to be thinking about that enjoy your 30s I'm 107 you can can worry no but I do I kind of you know I kind of get where you're saying is you want a bit more substance in your life and I think the good thing about COVID was I enjoy my social life much like you do I love going out but wasn't it so nice not having a hangover Oh my God, it was heaven. Although it was heaven for a while. And then you're Again, all those wrong. bloody Zooms at I know, parties. I know. So I, I had a, plenty of hangover <laughs> when it was locked down. I'm like, lock us down again. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. No, don't. No, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> you are though naturally quite slim. I'd be quite envious. You're, you, you're quite slim. Whereas you, you know, you want to go to the gym. I've been to the gym, but like I struggle with keeping the LBs off. If I was to have a bad, say, bad weekend, Friday and Saturday, yeah. I'd gain weight so quickly. And the older you get, James, so actually maybe what you take from this is, yes, maybe 
you want to go to the gym and all that, but the older you get, but you're in your 30s now, you're going to be skinny forever. I hate people like but you. But see, that's the thing. I actually want to put on oh, weight. Oh, stop. No, I, here he goes. <laughs> I'm so thin. I want to put on weight. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I want to basically be a little bit of a buff queen, maybe for, oh, for the... Yeah. I mean, I do like having my, I do like having my chest. It's full. Do you know I what I mean? My, my I don't thumb. have that. <laughs> I, I have the same body I had when I was in New York when I was 13. You've the same body as your Barbie Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like. Whereas I'm more like the beast. Yes, I want to be more like the beast. So that's what I mean. I want to just put on a little bit of size. So I quite like your hopes, your plans and your wishes for 2022. They're all quite positive. I like what you've said there. You can reset at any point because I do think us humans, we always put so much pressure on ourselves. And if we stop or if we fail or if we have a fuck up, it is not the end of the world. No, it's not. And do you know what? It's actually better to say to yourself, you can reset because if you say, oh, I'm going to, you know, whatever the resolution is, if by mid-January or February you give it up, you give it up then for good. Whereas if you say, no, no, that was a glitch. I'm going to reset and go again. So it's a better mentality, I think. I'm going to get Arthur for Christmas this year. He's running out of time, but a few weeks left. I'm going to get him to get me a reset button and I can hit it in the house. Just a red that says reset button and I can just hit it. And he doesn't ask any questions and I can just hit it anytime I like. No, do you know what you need for more drama? One of the a little glass box with a red button. So you smash the glass first with a ha little hammer, small gold hammer, and then press the button. Production! <laughs> God, busy production today. I like to keep these bitches on their toes. <laughs> I run a tight ship here, James. Oh, I can tell. Darling, thank you so much for guesting on my last episode of Brian's Big Camp Christmas Chats. And I think it's going to be camp. Do you? It was a pleasure and it was, it's going to be so camp. I'm literally going to, I'm signaling to my production here to get the ladder. You know, what's it? Christina, the axe. I want the, a ladder to get the decoration. Well, Amelia now. is now Googling a little gold hammer and a purse press box that I can smash with my reset button. And our album of Christmas songs that aren't Christmas songs. I'll start working on that. James Kavner, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.